good day to all. Welcome to the Doctor's Know It All Show. I'm Heinz Kitzwelvitz with you, and I have my partner in crime. Yes, Doctor. Did you forget my name? No, I was waiting for you to introduce yourself because oh. it's always much better. Oh, I was having a nice cold beer right now with Helga. Helga is a, a 36, 24, something or so because I can't look past the 36. Hello, children. This is Rudolf Schnitzel, my good friend, Doctor. Thank you for calling me at the moment. Uh, uh, I was losing uh, at home, uh, but I am with Hilga now. And Dr. Schnitzel, I was wondering if uh, we can do something very special today. And that is to read a letter from somebody in the audience who has written to us. Very, very nice. I know you have a letter, don't you, Dr. Schnitzel? By the way, put, put that schnitzel down, you bad, bad man. I can't not help holding my own schnitzel. <laughs> well, son of a fury, you are so correct. I have a letter right here, but I'm not going to distribute his name for our listeners, no. That is good. You know, doctor, I see some some type of a chemical on the paper, like for fingerprints. Maybe they were eating uh, fiery Cheetos because the color orange is all throughout the letter. Well, you see, doctor, I did have our, uh, our forensic doctor look at it, Dr. Schnigel for Gleiman, and uh, he said it was some kind of a cosmetic. And it's uh, funny because this letter comes from America. Hello, America. Oh, from the, <laughs> what part of America? It's a beautiful country. I go there all the time in my dreams. I go to America every one time I want to relieve myself in public because America is full of a lot of papa poo poo. Anyway, <laughs> this letter is from an individual who, who writes this. He says, Hello there, doctors know it all. I am having a very big problem here in America in my job. I have lost my job not once, but twice in a row. Uh, all of my workers have turned against me and spewed nothing but hatred about, my, about, about what I am. I have a heart-smoking daughter that I have impure thoughts on, but everybody wants me gone. I, I, I am no longer able to live in the neighborhood uh, that I wanted. I am about to be sued for everything but my pants and my cosmetics that I put on my face. I need legal help, representation. I also am in need of friends. How can you doctors help me? I have lots of money until after I go to trial. Yours truly, lover boy, Mr. Tweeter. Now, doctor, how would you... How would you help this capitalist young boy? Well, starting to think about the letter, I can tell you, very, very important, very tricky. This is a very tricky one because he has uh, many issues. And one of those issues is about friends. Now, friends are not easy to come by. No, no. No. Especially when you are a backstabber. Owns hands. We can give you a few suggestions on how to obtain more friends. Now, there is a match.com which may be able to 
offer you more options. Uh, it's, oh, it's like uh, the 31 flavors of, of the matching the friends. Now, love it more, you cannot lie on your application and you're going to have to show your tax returns so that, you know, the female author and other friends are, you know, you're legitimate. Dr. Schnitzel, why has your accent changed and it's Indian now? Explain well, that to me. Oh, that is because a beautiful Middle Eastern stripper, I mean, girl, has just walked into the room and I... I can tell you, lover boy, that in order okay. for you to get not only more friends, but uh, to alleviate many of the circumstances you have gotten yourself into, you must do one of two things. The first one is you might get your checkbook and sign a check with five or six zeros, preferably seven, so paid to the attention of the Back to the 80s radio show, and right. hence, what will happen from that point is that we will give you the full advice. But until then, we yeah. need to receive the check for five, six, or seven figures. Unfortunately, the way things are might be going, we might not even get one penny from you. Now, this, this is Dr. Rudolph. Uh, uh, Mr. Loverboy, I think you must Go to the bathroom right now into the closet and go f yourself. Thank you for listening. Doctor, I believe we have a remedy for some F word and it's called beep it. Uh, yes. In the meantime, Doctor, it's been very, very nice to see you one more time. Thank you very much. It is good to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. I want you to say goodbye to Hilga and her 36D friends. Hello, bye bye, Hilga. I I'm going to have a couple of pints. In the meantime, we are going where? We are going back to the 80s and we are leaving right after this song. La 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 la, la 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 la, back to the 80s. <laughs> Hi, it's me. Let's go on a trip back to the 80s. Ha <laughs> ha. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kitties, and everybody in between, this is the Chang from the infamous dynamic duo of stupidity, Toscano and Chang, home of Back to the 80s. We want to welcome you back to the 80s, and today we will be discussing 1988. That's right. Double digits. That's right. 88. Sunglasses upside down to the side. Now, Everybody knows that uh, I ride with one man, one great Italian man. I'm not talking about Chef Boyardee. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm talking about the one and only Tusky Toscano. Put your hands together. That's right. Clap a little bit louder over there in the studio. I give you Toscano. Welcome, everybody. This is the one and only Back to the 80s radio show, the program that introduces the 80s. Wow, I slurred. The, yeah. the radio show that introduces the 80s to a whole new generation. So anybody who's anytime been interested in the 80s, this is it. We are the number one show related to everything in the 80s. Good yeah. and right. bad. Everything. 
right? Everything. Anything that happened in the 80s, you are going to get it right here first and at the forefront from Tiscano with Che. I want to give a big shout out to our friends and listeners in Germany, our friends and listeners in Italy, our friends and our listeners and our compadres out in Spain. And that's right, everybody out in the UK that is uh, putting their ears together and taking in Toscano and Chang and back to the 80s. I want to thank you from the bottom of my black heart. <laughs> and I also want to thank everybody out there who is sitting in their underwear in front of a floor here, <laughs> anywhere you're out there. And I want to give a very special shout out to anybody who has a hole in their sock right now. Mm. You know who you are. If you only have one hole, there's no need to throw the pair away. Absolutely. I want to give a, a very special shout out to a few people. Uh, one of those is a group of guys called the Epic Film Guys who are listening mm. to the radio program. I promise that they we're going to be the first people to receive a shout out. So this shout out goes to the Epic Film Guys that you can find them on Facebook. They have a great group there that talk about entertainment, movies, etc. And I hope that we're able to maybe get them on the show one of these days. So I also want to give a few more shout outs to some pages on Facebook, which have been responsible for bringing the 80s back to all of us. 80s, commercials, trailers, toys, and more to the awesome page of all things 80s and the ultimate 80s group. A big shout out to you guys. Big shout out to Monty Breen, Brian, Ohio, home of the Dum Dum Suckers. Nice one. Also to Mike Doss from Alabama. Keep it dry over there in Alabama. And a few others. Jackie Stevenson, Malek, Eric Shea, Marcus Holmes, Brianne Galetti. Lynn Kaplick, from a gentleman that we both know we've spent countless hours with, sharing experiences and stories and even work together at one point at uh, certain radio stations in the L.A. County. Uh oh And that is Mr. That's right, Mr. Ruben J. himself. A big shout out to you, uh -oh. Ruben. Oh, hello, Ruby Tuesday. Hello, Ruby. That's right, the former... One that we called Boy Man, Man Boy, <laughs> Lord of the Board. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby? Yes. You want to smoke a doobie? I remember Ru Ruben, you and I used to uh, get up very early in the mornings to start our 6 a.m. shift at uh, a radio station in Brea, California. That's and, right, 105.5. Uh, that's right. And we always used to uh, share a cup of hot chocolate together and, uh, right. and some donuts. That's right. Hot chocolate donuts, and Chang would be sitting there with, uh, uh, let's see, my my vegetarian salad, my Bic lighter, and a Mountain Dew. Those were the good old radio days. Yes. I also want to give a special shout out to your friend and mine. That's oh, right, goodness. from Henderson, Nevada, Captain Entertainment himself, oh, 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 JC. A big shout-out to you, JC, brother. We miss you and hope to have you back on the show. JC, I stand here saluting you with my pants off and both hands at my side if you get my drift, my brother. <laughs> the flagpole always stands straight up, even when there's no wind. Another special shout-out to Susanna Guevara from Los Angeles, Roderick Sihak, and I hope I didn't uh, butcher your name, Roderick, uh, Stephen Ferguson, Wendy Michelle Collins as well. Are they related to Tom Collins? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. But uh, speaking of Tom Collins, that would be a very, very good topic to talk about one of these days. Drinks in the yep. 80s. 
Oh, you know what? That gets me thirsty. You know, I remember, now that you said Tom Collins, my mom used to love Tom Collins' uh, beverages. You know, as a kid, I'm wondering, what the heck is a Tom Collins? Because I was only allowed to order Shirley Temples back then. Oh, man, I remember those. Uh, I remember uh, when my parents would have people over, we had a neighbor, right? And he would order Tom Collins all the time and tell my dad, hey, Fernie, fix me up a Tom Collins. And I would sit there and I'd be like, doesn't this dude know he's in a house full of Chicanos? Who the hell is this white guy, Tom Collins? And why is he going to come over and make drinks? What a pendejo. Now, I had no idea. Do you know what it is in a Tom Collins? If you don't know, and anybody listening to us around the world, I don't know if you have Tom Collins in, in the different parts of the world. But in here in the United States, a Tom Collins drink is made from gin, lemon juice, sugar, and carbonated water. And believe it or not, it's such an old drink. It was first memorialized in writing in 1876 by Jerry Thomas, the father of American mixology. Can you believe it? So basically it's gin and sparkling lemonade, and it's a drink typically served in a Collins glass over ice. And for those of you interested, it's one and a half ounce or three parts Old Tom gin. And then you mix the gin with the lemon juice, sugar syrup in a tall glass, put some ice, top it with soda water, garnish it, and serve. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know. I don't know about that, man. I'm not a big fan of soda water, are you? It's either I'm going to have well, a glass of water. Well, you don't have to drink the soda water. You don't have to drink the soda water all by itself. No. Did Chang the Hater already show up so soon? I hate I hate the sound of soda water. I hate I hate the mixture of soda water, the taste of soda water. I hate anybody that says, give me a soda water. It's either give me a soda or give me a water or give me death. <laughs> you know, I love soda water, actually. Uh, Pellegrino. I love, yeah, I love Pellegrino. Yeah, I love soda water, especially with a, with a little slice of lemon right there in dot. Yeah, I, lo- I love soda water. You look like the kind of guy that, uh, you know, you, you would like uh, a Schweppes. You remember <laughs> no, that right no. back in the day, Schweppes? <laughs> I'll take a Schweppes. Go to hell, wussy. <laughs> now, do you like tonic water? Let me let me reiterate. I hate tonic water. I hate using tonic. Tonic reminds me of hair tonic. I'm not going to drink that crap. Well, I got a little surprise for you, Chang. What do you got? Uh, you I'm better sh- not have a bottle of tonic water. I'm showing you in the camera. I'll, I'll take that from your hands and break it. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, I got a man? little bit of tonic water right next to me. Now... You know, hey, and I'm sorry that we're going off a little bit off a topic here of 1988, but now that we're, we're seeing tonic water, I heard somewhere down the line that tonic water has something in it, a chemical in it. It helps you in some way, your 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 system to be ready to kind of reject COVID, believe it or not. So whether it's really? true or not, no, I, I don't know. I okay. heard it somewhere, but it's probably a lie. You know, it's on the internet. So who knows? I heard the same thing about cocaine, but I won't do that either anymore, brother. <laughs> oh, Chang, would you like to have a spritzer or a tonic water sit with me by the pool? I hate you. More madness here on Back to the 80s when we come back. I can't believe it. You pull out tonic water. I might as well bring out a diet drink, you <laughs> wussy. You can dispense with the pleasantries. You're listening to Toscano and Chang. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. This is Back to the 80s, Toscano and Chang with you. And uh, Chang was actually making fun of me because of the tonic water while we were on break. Ooh. But you know what? What are you going to do? I like tonic Man. water. I used to hate it when I was a kid because it's got this weird aftertaste. But I like it now. And I kind of oh, drink it sometimes well, like soda. old age, I guess, ladies and gentlemen. I this guess so. Hey, what are you going to do? We're talking about 1988 and uh, some of the things that occurred during 1988. But before we get into some of the bad news, let's go with the good news. 1988, all tonic water was called back due to its taste of crap. That's right, back in May of 1988. (laughs) I wanted to read to you the top 10 songs of 1988, going from number 10 all the way to number one. Oh, yeah, bring it home. And in this list, we have some bands that you like, and we have the majority that you don't like. But we're going to go anyway, starting with number 10. The title of the song is Roll With It from Steve Winwood. Uh, that guy is uh, a true talent. Did you know he was into the music business? Recorded his first album, I believe, when he was uh, with Spencer Davis or uh, Traffic. But he was 16 years old when he joined... Uh, uh, into the music realm with Eric Clapton. Just oh. a little fun fact for you. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know that he plays like a bunch of instruments, and he's yes. an English singer, songwriter. His real name is Stephen Lawrence Winwood. for those of you who wanted to know. Wow, nice. Number Where's nine. The, the song is Hands to Heaven by Breathe. I got my hands to heaven right now, and I'm afraid for you because you drink tonic water. Now, Breathe was an English pop band formed in London in 1984. They had a lot of success in the late 1980s with hit singles like Don't Tell Me Lies and How Can I Fall. But the group's biggest hit was Hands to Heaven, which reached number two in the United States in August of 1988. Mm, I think I remember that song. I think I hated it. Yeah, you. I, know, I, I told you. <laughs> Speaking of uh, songs that Chang hates, falling into place number eight with the song Could Have Been by a very young lady who was uh, a teen icon. She's most notable for her 1987 cover of the song I Think We're Alone Now, originally recorded in 1967 by Tommy James and the Shondells. Mm. She is Tiffany. Yes, Tiffany. Number seven, Heaven is a Place on Earth by Her Competitor. And that's Belinda Carlisle. 
Oh, former lead singer of the Go-Go's. She was involved in one of the most successful all-time female bands in history and went on to have a, a, a pretty good career as a solo artist as well. Number six, the song is So Emotional by an icon of music. She was an American singer and actress, certified as the most awarded female artist of all time by the Guinness Book of World Records, Whitney Elizabeth Houston. He's a great vocalist, a great, uh, I'd say probably the true essence and uh, uh, definition of the diva. Uh, I mean, that that lady started off in gospel music as a teenager at a family church, I believe, with her siblings. Yeah. Uh, and became probably one of the single most greatest female singers, I think, of her time and generation besides uh, going back to Aretha Franklin and Diana Ross. Uh, she was of that caliber. She stood alone. And then, you know, within the 80s and the 90s, we had many copycats. We yeah. had Mariah, Now I'm Married, Now I'm Not Carrie. So there was a lot of copycats, but uh, you got to give your props to Whitney, bro. Oh, and then Whitney in Houston. the bodyguard, good Lord. Yeah. She was I – would, I would rate her one of the 10 hottest women. How many records do you think she sold throughout her career? Let's just give me a, a give me a throw out a number there. Okay, I'd say maybe six hundred and ten million. <laughs> All right, so you went okay. a little too far with okay. sales <laughs> with, with sales of over two hundred million records worldwide. Nice. I was going to say that, but I thought if I was I was going to go with two hundred twelve million. And yeah. then I thought, no, people are going to say he is looking right now at his phone and he's, he's Googling it. How dare he know it? So I thought I'd go far-fetched. In the number five spot, uh, this following band, I'm not even going to mention the song yet, because the following band is an American hard rock band from L.A. Okay. They were formed in 1985 when they signed to Geffen Records in 86. And now this band is pretty infamous when it comes to their lead singer or their front man because he had an encounter with you and I wanted oh. you to communicate that encounter. The song is Sweet Child of Mine with Guns N' Roses and the person I'm talking about of course is Axl Rose. Oh yes, Axl Rose. I remember it well. Talk well, to us about the encounter for those who are listening for the very first time. Talk to us about that in- little encounter you had with Axl Rose back in the 80s. Now, this goes all the way back to 1987. Uh, I was uh, just a new dad. I was out. Uh, I was almost like uh, a serviceman out on leave. I had uh, custody of my daughter. I was 21 years of age at the time. And uh, I was allowed a furlough by my, uh, my dad that I can go ahead and go out, and he would watch the kid. So I went out, me and my buddies. Had a couple of drinks in us, walking across the street to go uh, to the higher rooms to go party out there. And I'm standing at the street corner. Axel Rose is standing probably about up to my shoulder, ladies and gentlemen, because he's kind of a small guy. Small-minded, small, meek-looking <laughs> bastard. And I got my, my Chuck Taylors on, my Converse. Chuck Taylors, if anybody remembers that. Those are the OG Converse. and I mean, mine are white because that's the way the Chang dresses. You know what I mean? Boom, bam, I'm like a bright light. Right, So anyway, right. Asshole Rose. <laughs> Axel Rose, is, yes. Okay, well, you call him what you want, and I'll call him what I want. <laughs> My story means he's Asshole Rose. And uh, 
this guy, uh, he's flicking ashes toward me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the way you say it because I can see your face and it's hilarious. And I'm like tripping on the dude, right? And I'm looking at him, and then he throws a cigarette, and it gets into my chucks, and it bounces. You know, some of the ash gets on my chuck. Now, these, everybody, are bright white chuck tailors. You know what I'm talking about? And they have blue and gold shoelaces, doubled them up back in the 80s like we used to. Yeah. You know, to signify my love of the Los Angeles Rams at the time. Now, this little jackass creep gets me ticked off. So I told him, hey, buddy, you know. Now, was this – uh, hold on a second. So was this as you're crossing the street – or were you guys waiting to cross the street, or, or how? This how? What, a, paint to us the picture. The, we were standing there, and he was, you know, taking his cigarette in, and I'm being the Chang with my three buddies, right. you know, me being who I am, and uh, we're just standing there. Then it turns green to walk across, right? Yeah. It says walk. We don't have the little signal, and it doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. It just said walk. Back then, when it said don't walk and walk, so it hits walk, and then he throws his cigarette down, gets near my chucks. So I mouth off, you know, a couple of unkind words. He mouths off a couple of kind words. My buddy's got to hold me back, and my buddy tells him, hey, you better take off, buddy, because uh, we can't hold him that long. And uh, Wait a second. Okay, so backtrack a little. What did you tell him? Uh, maybe you can leave out the explicit words, but what did you tell him? Kind of give us I the said, gist of it. I said, look here, you little effing twerp. You know, who do you, what do you know? watch out for Mother Nature. Don't litter. You got that near my chucks, dude. My chucks, my white tennis shoes. I said, I ought to knock the F and F and F and F and crap out of you. And that's when he said, hey, F you. Who the F do you think you are? F you and your F and chucks. So, wow, he actually you know, said that. The heated, yeah. And, it, you know, it was an F fest. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, hey, man, I was going to pulverize that little shrimp or that little mushroom of a man. And it's a trippy thing because I, that's, I do dig that band. He's not my favorite human being. But he's a good lead singer. Right. right. Uh, yeah, because it's funny because I, I know that you do like uh, yeah. Guns N' Roses. I, we used to go check them out at the Cat House in Hollywood, dude. You know, before or after the F Fest? This was way before the F Fest. Oh, before the F Fest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is when people were like, hey, you look like that guy on stage. And then I just wanted to beat the F out of them. But, you know, I never did that. <laughs> I was a pretty mellow kind of guy after that, my friend. Let's go back to the story. So he said that. You, you said that. He said that. And how did it all end? Did you guys uh, actually confront well, we each other? I mean, did you throw blows? We didn't hug and, and say, yo, bro, or we didn't go co-write a song or anything, if that's what you want to know. No, but, did he uh, want to shake your hand you know, or anything? Like, did he apologize? No, there was no handshaking or nothing, bro. He went his ways. My buddies and me, we kept going. He went straight. We went to the right. And that was it, bro. All in all, I bet, I bet you we both got laid. So one of my many touches with fame in the rock and roll uh, uh, circuit. And boy, did I meet a lot of crazy uh, famous rock and rollers in my day. You know, we're going to do an entire show where you talk about some of the some of the experiences mm-hmm. that you had with uh, some of the top rock and roll bands of the 80s. Oh, uh, falling into place number four is a song by a gentleman who was an English singer, songwriter, radio personality, and he rose to fame through his association with the production Trio Stock Aiken Waterman. Now, this means probably nothing to you, but his 1987 recording of their song Never Gonna Give You Up was a number one hit single. Never oh, Gonna Give You Up. Do you know yes. who that is? Never Gonna Give You Up. That's right. Never gonna let you go. Uh, he was the guy I remember when I first heard that song. I thought, man, this brother can sing. And then I was like, whoa, this is a white cat. 
You know, the interesting thing about him. Another Tom Jones. Yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing about Rick Astley is that though the years have passed by, the man's pipes are nice and crystal clear. He can sing just like he did back then. Number three. The song is Got My Mind Set On You. Now, this is the only song by George Harrison that I really enjoyed in the 80s. Uh, Oh, this is a great song. Yeah. The song Got My Mind Set On You was a huge, huge hit, especially if you watched MTV and you watched the video. But uh, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know why you wouldn't know, but George Harrison was, of course, one of the Beatles. He was the lead guitarist of the Beatles, as a matter of fact. He was sometimes called the Quiet Beatle. Yes, he was. Apparently, George Harrison embraced the Indian culture. So he was, well, you know, back there in the 60s, and they started in the 70s. Uh, Yeah. They were all into some weird things, and uh, they used to call him the the Quiet Beatles. I had no idea about that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, George uh, George Harrison is the one that got the Beatles uh, going down and uh, seeing uh, the yogi and sitting around and learning of uh, the religion. Uh, he's also the one that incorporated the sitar on the Beatles album, and that was heavily influenced for that album. Right. So uh, Harrison, that guy was all about spiritual soul, brother. That guy was a beautiful man. I, I'd say he was a rock and roll angel. Falling into number two, the song Need You Tonight by NXS. Oh, you know, that's one of Chang's favorite uh musical bands, artists of that generation and time and era in music. I thought NXS was an explosive band. They had different styles. They had soul. Uh, they captivated the audience because, I mean, they could really wail down on their instruments. And Michael Hutton, one of the sexiest cats that ever grabbed a microphone and got kicked off. I need you tonight. That's what I'll say about that band. Uh, You know, they're an Australian rock band, so a big shout-out to everybody in Australia, especially to the family of the Ferris Brothers when they started in 1977 in Sydney, in New South Wales. The band's founding members were bassist Gary, Gary Beers, main composer and keyboardist Andrew Ferris, drummer John Ferris, guitarist Tim Ferris, and lead singer and main lyricist Michael. Yeah, he was bad. That was a great band, man. It's a shame that... uh... Uh, Michael Hutchinson met his demise, a very odd way uh, that one would, uh, you know, perish. But uh, well, didn't he die? He, didn't he die of an overdose, or because it wasn't a suicide, uh, was it? No, he died of uh, strangulation upon asphyxiation. And what that is is, uh, he was supposedly hanging himself while right. having sex. And uh, oh, really? You know, yeah, apparently he hung himself and killed himself, but there was no partner there. You know, uh, in in sex. At least I don't believe. Uh, I know there was someone there. I believe it was a call girl, maybe uh, a, a one night stand. Obviously, a one night stand woman because he was married at the time. Right. So that... That's how he died. Very odd, very peculiar, but uh, in a way to where it's like, wow, you know what I mean? The guy was the sexual magic, bro. So, you know, yeah. he had to be getting funky. It's just a, it's a, it's a shame that he he perished. In, in the way that he did, getting as funky as he was getting. Yeah, that I had no idea. 
But hitting the number one place for 1988 out of the top 100 songs, we only touched the, the last 10, and falling into place number one with the song Faith was English singer George Michael. Oh, I was just thinking about George Michael. I'm not getting sentimental, but you know what, man? I was not a big fan of Wham. Uh, that just wasn't my, you know, my style. But uh, Oh, come I'm on. Tell the truth. You guy. loved Wham. Well, you know what I mean? I used to wear underwear that said Choose Life. And uh, I'll tell you, I made those underwear <laughs> out of a Choose Life t-shirt that I got uh, off a girl I was dating back in the 80s. And they made really great britches. Mm. And uh, the O's where Choose was kind of was in the same place as my testicles. But anyway, anyway yeah. uh, like I was saying, uh, I think uh, I'll always give him mad respect. I think he was one of the greatest vocalists of his time. I think he had also an exceptional uh, uh, different, different type of range, uh, very soulful himself. Uh, obviously, the dude was, was gorgeous, bro. I mean, you know, obviously, he could probably ha have had any man, any woman that he wanted. Yeah, I mean, uh, girls her. threw themselves at him you know, yeah. at the drop of and, a dime. And, amazing, and so do the guys. You have, you have men and women throwing yourselves uh, at you, and then, you know, he, he, he went into that big funk, and then he got in trouble hanging around in that restroom. And oh, Beverly Hills, that's right. Hill, yeah. Oh, that's right. You know? he, and then to sadly die, kind of almost like a hermit, yeah. uh, you know, uh, overweight, uh, very sad. Uh, well, I don't think he, he was overweight. I mean, I saw him the last, yeah, he, uh, the last interview he, he gave. quite a bit of, uh, bit of weight. And that was contributing to his depression. Mm. Uh, he had lost his mom prior to that. Yeah. So uh, I believe he was he wasn't on drugs anymore, but I believe he did start drinking, and uh, he had himself a massive heart attack and left this place. A yeah, great, I know he uh, had pneumonia. Thing, the last yeah, the last interview he gave um, in in England, he had pneumonia, and then he never recovered from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I seen him at, at uh, when they did the Queen tribute, and to me, I thought if anybody was going to ever lead that band again yep, yep, or do some him. type of rendition with that band, it should be George Michael. Absolutely. That's what I thought. It was phenomenal to see them yeah. both. This is Back to the 80s. When we come back, we're going to be talking about movies of 1988. Stick around. Mm -hmm. Don't go where. <laughs> Stick around. Don't go don't anywhere. Go I, thought about, mm -hmm. I thought about what you were talking about, underwear. Underwear. <laughs> You're listening to Back to the 80s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is... Back, back to the 80s. Welcome back to the one and only Back to the 80s. Toscano and Chang sitting right here in the driver's seat, in the co-pilot seat. We're talking about 1988, and uh, Toscano has got a list here. We're going to talk about some of the most fun, kind of uh, best movies of 1988. Yeah. Now, Donald, what was your, before you get to the list, 
What was your favorite movie in 1988? Oh, man, I'm torn between two movies. And, you know, well, why don't we just talk about them? Uh, yeah, nail it, nail yeah, it. One of them was definitely uh, one of the funniest movies that has ever come out of Hollywood cinema. It was a movie about an African prince that travels to Queens with his best friend to New York and goes undercover to find a wife that he can respect for her intelligence and will. And, of course, that's with the famous Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall coming to oh. America. When I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. Apparently, these are the best women Queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go home. I want to tear you apart. Friend too. That's right. I think back then anything anything Eddie Murphy touched was gold. I mean, obviously Arsenio Hall owes Eddie Murphy a great deal. Yeah. Uh, for launching his career. I mean, you know, what Arsenio had Arsenio. Remember Arsenio Hall show back in the eighties? Yeah, he was a great host for a late night show. These movies that I'm mentioning to you are movies that I can watch today over and over and over again. I don't mm -hmm. get tired, and if they're on, I will watch them. And if they're not, I can always pick up where I last left off. I can put them on again. I mean, I'll never get tired of these movies. Yeah. So these yeah. are the ones that I'm mentioning. And uh, so I mentioned Coming to America. The other one was about a cop from New York. Let's see if you can guess this one. A cop from New York who tries to save his, his marriage, so he comes to L.A. on an invitation for Christmas and he goes to a, a party that his wife's company is having at the very famous Nakatomi Plaza in the movie, of course. The Nakatomi Plaza terrorists take over the party, and he's the one man in this whole building who saves the day. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. And, of course, I am talking about what movie, Chang? Oh, man, I'm torn if this is a, a Stallone movie. Let me tell you, it's with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Uh, this is, uh, oh, shit. They call it a Christmas movie, but it's not really a Christmas Hey, movie. you know what? That is the biggest debate of all time, Die Hard. Mm -hmm. Die you know, hard. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, even Bruce Willis said this is not a Christmas movie. Look, it mentions the word Christmas, I don't know yeah. how many times. Yeah. It's got Christmas music. It's got Christmas decorations. Yeah. It revolves around coming to visit family for Christmas. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you think about some of the things that we do in Christmas when we get together with family members and somebody has too much to drink. It's usually ending up in a horrific Bruce Willis violent movie. You got a drunk <laughs> uncle or a drunk aunt, a drunk neighbor starting yep. a fight. Somebody falls on the Christmas decorations. Somebody swears too much. Uh, somebody smacks a chick, somebody gets caught throwing up in the back. All hell breaks loose, just like the movie. So it's a Christmas movie, for the love of God. It is. And Bruce Willis, a very fine, very fine action actor uh, to his own right. Oh, it, like I said, this is a type of movie. I don't know if it's the type of movie or it's just that particular movie. And I like mm -hmm. that one just as much um, as I did part two. And that's it. Uh, any, any other Die Hard movie that came after... Uh, yeah, I can watch it, but it's not a big deal. But one Any and two, of, yeah, I agree with you. Anytime you have a, a a movie and then they do number two, it, oh, you run the you run the risk of it being a bit cheesy. But then you get three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And, uh, yeah. it gets it gets a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, 
No, so, I have a movie right here from 1988. Yeah. Now, is I'm this sure a movie you can watch over and over again? You'll never get tired this of? This is a movie you can watch over and over again. Now, this just is my favorite movie. It's Rain Man. Of course, I'm an excellent driver. That's me drive slow on the driveway. There's only 28 miles on the odometer since I drove it a week ago last Saturday. It should be more than 28 miles. What is this? Who is this guy? Raymond is your brother. With Dustin Hoffman. Uh, you know what I mean? And he Tom Cruise. He wanted me award for this movie. Uh, and Tom Cruise, you know, and I thought that movie was uh, great on four different levels. Uh, emotionally, uh, brings people to be aware of that type of uh, uh, in, uh, situation that, that uh, autistic uh, families have to deal with. And uh, uh, what we can really get out of seeing that there is a beauty in autism. A lot of people want to condemn people or they think it's taboo. But uh, to me, that movie showed that they are just as aware as we are, but they just cannot uh, carry on a conversation or relate as we do. Uh, I kind of call them living angels, if, if you can understand what I mean. They're very sweet individuals, uh, harmless. Uh, yeah. They enjoy some of the smaller, most beautiful things in life. And a lot of them are extremely smart, uh, their intelligence exactly. level, like in the movie Rain Man. Now, believe it or not, I have never seen it from beginning to end. I've seen parts oh, of it. Man. Here's the irony of all this, though. In, when they were making the movie, there was a scene there where they're at the train station. Do you remember this mm -hmm. scene? They're at the train station. One of my friends worked at the train station in Santa Ana, California, in Orange County which is where they did that particular scene. Where they did that particular Yeah, and I got to spend a few days watching them make the movie, and I got to meet a few of the actors that were there. Really? Yeah, because my, my buddy worked in the snack area, and he was making sandwiches at the time, and he actually, I'm not sure if he came out in the movie or not. I'd have to uh, look at the movie or watch the movie again. Mm -hmm. But this grossed $178.8 million. Rain Man, Whoa. 1988. Wow. It was a great movie. Another movie that I can watch over and over again is about um, about a little boy who uh, was a little, well, he was a teenage boy who wakes up the next morning after making a wish that he wanted to be big. I wish I were big. Twentieth Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You get a job. You remember that movie with Tom Hanks? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a funny movie. Fantastic movie. Now uh, Tom Hanks uh, originally he was on Buzzin' Buddies. Uh, that TV show. Oh, bo Bosom Buddies. Yes. Bosom Buddies for, for a stretch. And he started off as a stand-up comedian. And, I mean, look where he is transpired to now. He's uh, he's kind of like... Uh, Hollywood royalty. Hollywood royalty. Yeah, Hollywood royalty. Well, exactly. Except uh, when people find out he's a liberal Democrat, then he's hated. <laughs> and uh, what's another one of the movies that we can watch over and over again? Well, I'm going to tell you. Another one of the movies that hit really, really big is a comedy, but it was more of a spoof, a movie that made fun of other movies and made fun of politics, made fun of uh, pretty much anything, religion, everything. That was with a very famous actor, Leslie Nielsen, and that was oh. The Naked Gun from the Files Naked of gun. Police Squad. Now, those movies were hysterical. I mean, from airplane on, 
uh, and what's the first thing that comes to mind, uh, you, is, I don't mean to be off-key or bring anybody down, is O.J. Simpson and his comedic role yeah. in that movie. It was outrageous. Uh, he did good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Leslie Nielsen was like an icon on giving you straight-faced stupidity at its finest in, in, in every role that he played where he was uh, some type of a, a clown of that type, I mean. That movie alone is it's a it's it's an iconic classic. It, it could be a cult film, kind of a cult type uh, classic film. Uh, I if I would uh, say, how about you? Do you not agree? That's yeah. a movie you can watch with your family over. Yeah, and over. like I said, that's one of the movies that you can watch over and over again, and it still rings uh, with a great comedic twist even today. So I mean, it's yes. it's it's great. Another one of the movies that I have here on my action list was with Sylvester Stallone as he mounts up in Rambo Three. And this is where uh, Rambo mounts up on a mission to rescue one of his friends, Colonel Trotman, from the clutches of the formidable invading Soviet forces in Afghanistan. One of the funniest things about the 80s was that everybody was so paranoid. You remember this. Everybody was so paranoid. And anytime they had bad people in a movie, you know, uh, a country that wanted to take over or fight us, it was always the Russians in the movie. Remember that? Yeah. And then we started... uh picking on the uh, Middle Eastern, and then and, and we wonder why we're in the mess that we are here in America, always picking a fight with somebody else. It's like that bully that goes from uh, uh, neighborhood to neighborhood messing around with kids, and the bottom line is stay in your own neighborhood, keep to your own business. You have no right to judge anybody else because you can't take care of the garbage in your own yard. Yeah. Piss off, mate. And, uh, you know, here's a movie that was one of my, uh, one of my favorite movies back in the uh, 1988, The Blob. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. I don't know if you were into sci-fi. I saw the blob, and I saw it with, uh, I remember it was a special... I believe it was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, showed her. Remember that? Mm-hmm. The most gorgeous, voluptuous <laughs> woman of the... I, I, as being as a young Chang, every woman that I wanted to go out with had to resemble Elvira. Yeah. That was just like the, the, the heavy metal goddess that the Chang craved and longed for. Back Cassandra in the Peterson. By the way, Cassandra Peterson will be, uh, I guess, on Back to the 80s very soon. I'll keep you posted on that. But yeah, so we we did make fun of a lot of people from from other countries, and and uh, one of the movies that Arnold Schwarzenegger came out in, it, it didn't really gross too much money back then, but uh, he came playing the part of a Russian uh, police officer who mm. came to the to the United States, to, and he teamed up with Jim Belushi, uh, who played a police officer here in Chicago mm-hmm. and they search for a Georgian drug lord yeah. who, who had killed uh, I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger's partner. How about do you remember Bloodsport with the great Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah, well that's was that uh, 1988? For centuries yes, it was, the society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a westerner. You are not Japanese. I can do it. Now, for the first time, the true story of America's super agent, Frank Dukes, can be revealed. Uncle Sam Canterbury. Wow. Yeah, I remember the movie because, uh, 
you know, Van Damme became another one of those iconic 80s action stars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember wanting to be just like him, except for the part where he did the splits. And he ended up doing the splits in every single movie. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Which I thought was incredible. I wish I could have done that back in the 80s. You know what I mean? I mean, but the guy was chiseled like a, bo- like a, like a suit of armor, like a mountain. I always wanted to see him and Brendan Lee uh, go ahead and, and, and step into the ring and see who would uh, tap out or throw each other to the ground first. You know, I thought that would have been a pretty epic fight. Yeah. The son of Bruce Lee and yeah. uh, another individual that is probably just as deadly as Bruce Lee, but not quite as fast as uh, the late great master uh, Bruce Lee himself. Yeah. Two more movies that I got on my list. And one of them, believe it or not, was called The Deadpool with... Uh, of course, ah, Dirty yes, Harry yes. Callahan himself, Clint Eastwood. Now, mm-hmm. I wonder, do you, do you remember this movie? Yes. Okay. Of course. There was a I'm very, not. very famous comedian that was making his debut in that movie, and he played the part of the satanic hard rocker. Do you remember that scene? Do you remember the person, the actor who played that? Oh, I think that was... Was that Sam Kinison? No, it was Jim Carrey. You're out of sync, Johnny. What's the problem, Hello. Where's sucks, man. How can I sing with shit exploding all over the place? Well, I don't see why we couldn't shoot on a nice warm soundstage instead of a goddamn meat locker. I told you, I need a cold so the audience can see your breath when you sing. It's an effect. Brilliant. Won't be original or creative, but at least the audience will know I froze my ass off. Now, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It means a director with talent would have the guts to shoot something original instead of ripping off old movies like The Exorcist. It's not a ripoff, it's a homage. You stupid. Can you handle it? You are not gonna fuck up my film. I can handle it! Just let me go back to the trailer and get it together. And then we'll kick some ass. Okay? Okay. okay. I got a coat! Got a coat, please, for Johnny. Jim Carrey uh-huh. came out in that movie and played the part of the supposed satanic type uh, heavy meddler. And, mm. you know, there's a killer, of I course. I got to see that again. Yeah, there's a killer killing famous people or killing a bunch of people, you know, one of these um, serial killers. And the meddler guy, their heavy meddler guy, was on the list and he ends up dying and it's a it's a hilarious uh thing to know that it was jim carrey who would have ever thought who would have thought i mean because we didn't really he didn't become a household name until he was in uh in living color with the wayans brothers and and the wayans sisters yep absolutely incredible the last movie that i have on the list is two young teens that are always striving to get their license to to be able to drive and the song the Movies called License to Drive, 1988, and that was with the two Corys. That's Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Okay. Did you ever see that movie, or was that too too uh, too that teenagers for you? Too teeny boppered out for me. And I hope uh, Corey, you don't get ticked off because uh, uh, I believe you're listening. No, no disrespect, but the Chang back in that era, I was not into uh, uh, the Corys. I was out looking for Horries. <laughs> Let me throw out a one more as a bonus. For 1988 movies that I have never seen because back okay. then I was afraid. I was so afraid of this movie. So I saw what the trailer, that? and that was 
Uh, it was a movie about aliens who came down to terrorize a small town, but they all like were night. dressed as clowns. And the movie, of course, is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Did you see that? Something different. Star shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? <laughs> They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? <laughs> Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Ah, uh, really? Did you ever see no. that? I've never seen it. No, I never seen that one. Uh, I didn't care to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine you'd be afraid. I bet you you were afraid of uh, who framed Roger Rabbit. Well, no, because this is 1988, so I'm already, you know, I'm already in high school. But I had a thing with clowns, and especially if they've got knives and chasing people, you know, when it's nighttime. I didn't okay, go for that. Cool. Now, did you watch uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit back in 1988? Of course. Who wouldn't, especially for Roger Rabbit's wife? Oh, the voluptuous, <laughs> red-headed stallion that, that walked upon us and got every individual male a little aroused over a cartoon. Simply fantastic. Yeah, and you remember that was Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Now, do you remember Crocodile Dundee? Did you watch that movie, mate? Of course I did. Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Was that 1988 as well? It was 1988. Loved Crocodile Dundee, the very first one. It's when I was hunting dingoes. It's, it's, it's when I left Hollywood and I was out chasing and I was hunting dingoes. That's but where I the iconic... Head, I had to, that's right. I had to change the way I talked, too. I didn't go by Chang. <laughs> I went by Tom. That's where he, he placed the iconic phrase... That's a knife. That's a knife. Yeah, that's right, brother. You know it. This is Back to the 80s. When we come back, there's more reminiscing from 1988. Don't go away, because Chang is bringing on the hate. That's right. Hate, 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 hate. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back to the 80s. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang here on the show that brings back the memories and the nostalgia of the 1980s to a whole new generation. This is the part of the show where we talk about what made us angry back in the 80s. But in honor of the most wondrous Chang, we've dubbed them Changries. So Chang, uh, what made you Changry in the 80s? Oh, have I got to tell you. You know what made me Changry back in 1988? Yeah. The Democratic nominee, Michael Dukakis. <laughs> Was it because of the name? Dukakis reminds me of something I would refer to when I have to take a crap. You know what else got me changry back in 1988? What? Pee-wee's Big Top. Oh, I my gosh. That was a classic. Ridiculously I stupid. I love Pee-wee's 
Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse. But I wanted to bang the chick in his uh, movie, and that's about that. You know what else got me changry back in 1988? What's that? Not being able to get 501s extra time. Uh, well, that, that's why they had Miller's Outpost. Yes, yes, yes. You know what else got me changry back in 1988? Lay it on me. It was never a sequel to Beetlejuice. <laughs> that's right. We missed the sequel to <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yes. Great movie, 1988. You- you know what got me changry back in the 1988 movie industry? What's that? The movie Twins. Oh, what the crap was that? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. That's right. Horrible movie. Uh, you know what else got me changry in 1988? Yeah. That was the last time I had a low and bra. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, are this week's changries. If you have something that made you angry, or as we like to call them, changry, and you'd like to share it with us, go ahead and send us a direct message through our Facebook page, and we'd love to share that changry with everybody else. I also want to remind you that we do have a website, and you can go there by going to backtothe80sradio.com. That's back. To the 80s, of course, that's the number 80, back to the 80s radio.com. You can listen listen to the show through TuneIn Radio directly from our website, or you can catch us through Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and everywhere else. As a matter of fact, Chang, can you let them know about our Patreon page? And please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have our Patreon page, and we're asking for whatever you can donate to help uh, help the show move along. Uh, we promise you way more fun and adventures from the 80s. Uh, we're willing to take anything you topics you want to talk about. So not only when you visit, visit us on our Patreon page and, and get, offer up a little bit of something, uh, put a little note in there. You know, you want to give a, you want a special shout-out. Uh, you want us to talk about a topic. You want to mention something. Heck, if you want us to sing happy birthday to somebody, Go ahead and hit us on our Patreon page. And remember, let Toscano and Chang and Back to the 80s put a smile on that face. Because right now, the whole world could use a lot of smiling. Speaking of smiling, I remember that not too many people smile when we think about global warming. And in 1988, on June 23rd, NASA scientist James Hansen testified to the U.S. Senate that man-made global warming had begun. Yes. 1988, global warming had begun. Now, Now, I know a lot of people don't believe in it, and a lot of people do. Personally, I prefer to believe in in the science of it all, and uh, it's it's pretty hard to ignore when you are looking at some of the changes all around you. Yes. You know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, and and I'm not going to get into any political aspect of what I do or don't believe in, but I do believe in global warming. I do believe mankind has used Mother Earth to be its own toilet and receptacle can. I think uh, that all of us have been uh, caught up in our own kind of self, self-righteousness. self uh, uh, Everybody's a little bit too full of themselves. Nobody really cares anymore. And uh, I think uh, the farther and farther we get away from exploring other ways of uh, energy, whether it be uh, residential, commercial, uh, vehicle-wise, uh, we're going to speed up our uh, possible day to where one day we're not going to be here. Uh, if you look at the weather that we're having uh, here in the States, 
it's a sure sign of global warming if you if you keep in touch with the the global reports and you look at some of the ice caps that are melting right now as me and you are clowning around and yeah. people are listening this is definitely something that you have to take to heart and you have to do your part did you know chang that a couple of days ago this came out on the news a couple of days ago in the city of malibu now malibu is a beach town okay it's on the coast right. Malibu is where surfers hang out. And, of course, a lot of actors and famous uh, celebrities live there. But Malibu's on the beach, okay? We're talking there's sand and the beach. It snowed in Malibu just a few days ago. That's insane, man. So that is crazy. Um, crazy. Some of the other stuff that happened in 1988 around the world. The first McDonald's restaurant opened up and was run by a communist party in Belgrade, Yugoslavia. It was 1988, March 24th to be exact. Another one followed in 1989 in Budapest and then and so on in Moscow in 1990 and so forth. But uh, McDonald's was making its way through the world. And, you know, this is uh, one of those things, one of those places where it doesn't matter what party of politics you belong to. It doesn't matter what religion you are. McDonald's is uh, an icebreaker, man. McDonald's will make its way anywhere. I think there's McDonald's around the universe somewhere. If if McDonald's can be on some alien planet, it'd be the first restaurant to be there. I think on Mars, there, there had to be a McDonald's and a Starbucks. <laughs> it seemed <laughs> like <think>. it. <laughs> Starbucks is the new McDonald's. That crap is everywhere. You go to the market, you can get a Starbucks. And just down the street, there's a Starbucks you can go to the drive through one. It's insane. Yeah, it, to it, me, it, Starbucks is like crack cocaine back in the eighties. You know what I mean? People lose their freaking mind for Starbucks. People want to run each other over at the drive-through in Starbucks. And it's, I have to have my yeah, and it's not even real coffee. No, I mean, they have real have coffee, have, but nobody I have to have my my pra my frappe my uh oh man my it's it's gone ridiculous. Yeah, you know the and interesting know, thing is. That although they have real coffee, and I'm sure it's mm -hmm. really, really good, nobody there orders the real coffee. Everybody no. goes there for these specialty items, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, three pumps of this and and uh, lactose-free that. And so it's all a weird concoction, and it has no coffee in it. April 30th, 1988, World Expo 88 opens in Brisbane, Queensland, in Australia. You know, 1988, Cheng was one of those nasty years in the sense of uh, things going on around the world. There was a, a, a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of, uh, you know, people getting killed in wars yes. and uh, ceasefires. There was Al-Qaeda was formed, by the way, by Osama bin Laden, August 11th, 1988. Did you know this? Uh, yeah, I remember this. Uh, this was... Uh... Uh, this will always go down in history as uh, a big question mark, I think, to half of the people and half of the people think, you know, uh, half of the people think that it was a great thing. Half of the people think that we shouldn't have gotten involved because it kind of has uh, catapulted to what we see uh, with the problems we're having all over the Middle East now with our own selves. So, I mean, who's to say? But, uh, yeah, I do remember that. A very horrific individual of himself, a dictator, uh, a, a narcissistic dictator. Lord knows we've seen our share of those throughout uh, this world's history. Uh, hell, I think we had one leave the Oval Office not that long ago. But uh, without that being said, uh, yeah, I remember that uh, like it was yesterday. You, how old were you when that happened? 
Well, in 88, you know, I was about playing with six, uh, toys? 15, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. So I wasn't, oh, yeah, so you, I, was, I wasn't playing with toys anymore. You were playing with girls. Yeah. I presume. October, right. October 27th, Ronald Reagan decided to tear down the new U.S. Embassy in Moscow because of oh. Soviet listening devices in the yeah. building structure. So this is a, you know, James Bond kind of stuff. This is a yeah. uh, spy stuff going down. Um, now, can you imagine Ronald Reagan being like a spy? Uh, well, uh, I know this uh, mission's going to be impossible. <laughs> I made a funny, a very good movie. Uh, <laughs> I like his hair color. Oh, oh, back to business. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting thing happened in Mexico on December 1st of 1988. Carlos Salinas de Gortari takes office as president of Mexico. Interesting note about this is the following. I heard around the grapevine that when he started, okay, when this gentleman, Carlos Salinas de Gortari, Carlos Salinas de Gortari started, he was at one point one of the greatest presidents, if not the greatest president Mexico had ever had until he decided to leave office and take with him the majority of Mexico's cash funds mm -hmm. yeah so he had to leave because I, I guess he stole from the country over four billion dollars wow. in wow. cash okay and yeah. of course he lives in a country that he cannot be extradited to mexico i believe he lives in ireland so yeah everything went down the drain his reputation and everything it's funny how that happens with certain politicians I wonder um, if uh, he's introduced uh, the <laughs> Irish want... people to menudo and shots of tequila. <laughs> just something to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's just something interesting. Now, October 20th, 1988, this is going to hit home for you specifically, Chang. Now, this date is very important if you love sports and especially or particularly if you love baseball. Because it was the year that the Los Angeles Dodgers won four games to one in the 1988 World Series against the Oakland A's, the Oakland oh, Athletics. Yeah. I recall calling them the Oakland Athletics. Uh, my hate of Northern California is greater than anything. I hate the A's. Why I do you hate Northern night. California? We've got so many listeners from Northern California. You can't hate. Northern, Northern well, California. I, I, you know what? I don't hate you. I distinctly dislike your. Team. Or is it because you live there now? Well, I live close. I live closer well, you close to you live to, to the middle. I'm close, close. Yeah, I'm closer to Central uh, Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah, and uh, Stockton and and uh, Sacramento than I am my hometown of East Los Angeles, the barrio, the hood. Southern California, the city of champions. Yes, I am closer to Northern California, but the hate stays at the same rate. <laughs> so yes. now do you remember a very famous pitcher for the Dodgers back then? That was the great Oral Hershiser. Yes, yes, sir. The uh, Bulldog, the straight face, six-gun slinging, sniper-type, Pitching caliber of Oral Hershiser, number 55, a Dodger great. You know, I One want to give a, a special shout-out to Mark Hernandez, who we I give quite, you know, I give shout-outs quite often. Right. Uh, my best friend from high school, from junior high and high school, he got to go to, I believe it was the last game 
his dad took him to that last game. So he was actually there watching the Dodgers win the World Series. He said, uh, I think I remember him saying it was the greatest experience, sporting experience of his life. It was awesome, man. <clears throat> I mean, I went to so many Dodger games. You know, I didn't get to go to the World Series, but <clears throat> every time watching at home, it was just like a spectacle of fun, man. I mean, when I think of Dodger baseball, I think of my youth. I think of my grandfather, my father. Uh, I think of uh, uh, my buddies. Uh, I think of uh, my sister. And my I think of family. Uh, Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine. I mean, what a great name. I don't need to go into why I think it's a great name. It's a great freaking name. Uh, the history in that community alone, how that, uh, how that uh, field was built, and the two sides of the story, the good and the bad, that could go together with that story. So anybody that wants to check out the background of Dodger Stadium and Chavez Ravine, I guarantee it's going to give you some crazy information, good and bad. But in 1988, the same year my Los Angeles Lakers were in the NBA championships against the Detroit Pistons, in which they did lose, which I think they were robbed, but they lost. Yep. So we had the Dodgers and the Lakers both uh, battling for the pride of Los Angeles then. Yeah, you got that just right. Like we. Just like we've had lately, my Dodgers and my Lakers, world champions. No one can take us out. We're numero uno, number one. That's right, Northern California, Los Angeles, home of the champions, except for my Los Angeles Rams, who choked. There, I put it out there. I want to thank all of you guys who have been joining us since day one at Back to the 80s. You know, we started about seven and a half months ago, and we've gained... Mm -hmm so much ground we've actually exploded in our listenership we've exploded with our followers our downloads and we just can't thank you enough however i do want to encourage you and motivate you and and just ask please uh when you're listening to our show whichever platform that you choose to listen to us through go ahead and leave, leave us a short review we'd really really appreciate that that helps us out so much uh, leave us a review because uh, we want the people from these streaming platforms to know that Back to the 80s is, um, you know, being liked by you guys. So thank you for your support. And I just won't get tired of, of mentioning you guys and thanking you guys for, for joining us every single Friday faithfully. We know that you guys could be listening to tons of other podcasts, but you choose to listen to Back to the 80s. Stay safe and overall have a great week. God bless you guys. Chang here. Before I release you into another spectacular, splendid, glorifying weekend, I want you all to remember to stay lifted and gifted and keep the faith out there. Remember, uh, we're all going through something in life. We're all facing a difficulty that is bigger than us. So do what you have to do to stay healthy, you and your friends and your family. Tomorrow can only get better if you wake up with a better attitude. So until next time, I want to say... Uh, howdy doody to all my homeboys from Whittier, Monteveo, East Los Angeles, Hacienda Heights, San Gabriel Valley, Orange County, and everybody else in between. Adios, arrivederci, hasta la vista to all my homies. Take me back.